Vanguard Radio. No Jews. Just right. They found out. I don't go, you know, looking where they work. I'm not really of interested course. in that. But for what what they told me is If this is, is public information, yeah. They do go after you, though, of course. And oh, that's, you yeah, that's no problem for them, right? But Sorry. as far as I know uh, from my friends, uh, they found that he's actually employed by the DND, which stands for the Department of National Defense. So probably I, I suspect he might have access to some, you know, Okay. Uh, private information. That's he, I'm, I'm, so I he's basically that a government-paid terrorist who is threatening anybody <laughs> who doesn't like the the ruling tyranny in Canada. Yes, he laid he laid so many complaints. Uh, ni- from what I read, ninety-eight percent of them were against whites, and only nine percent of those whites could afford lawyer. And I, I guess I was one of those nine percent. Um, so he goes after people. That pretty much cannot, you know, defend yeah. themselves. They're trying to browbeat people into silence. I've got well, a absolutely destroy absolutely. Canada and explain to people that just given the situation in Canada. See, we're used to thinking, oh, you've got the First Amendment, you can say what you want. And what's it like in Canada? Well, the 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 Taylor ruling in 1990, what it essentially did. I, I can read part of it for you because it's very pertinent to this. I'll just quote you a little bit here. Uh, paragraph 21, uh, okay, here we go. In Taylor, it was held that sacrifice of section 2B, right, must be in the proportion to the objective of achieving the elimination, elimination of certain evil from the Canadian way of life. The target our speech is deemed to be unacceptable in the Canadian society. It is respectfully submitted that pursuant to Taylor, the focus of this tribunal should be on the subject of the subject messages of the Canadian uh, society at large. Actually, this is from my, um, Closing statements in my uh, in my human rights commission case, mm-hmm. um, uh, Canada versus Th- Taylor, 1990, SCJ number 129, at paragraph 14, um, 22. This is to be contrasted with Neely versus Johnston, in which the tribunal proposed to determine the likely impact of the message in question according to the reaction of the most malevolent person in Canada. Canada held that, quote, in making the case on the potential impact of the matter on recipients of it, the test is not the reasonable listener, but whether there is anybody, even the most malevolent or unthinking person, who might be inspired to treat the targets with hatred and contempt, end quote. So, basically what they ruled is that (laughs) they based their, the the Supreme Court based their, um, their decision thinking of what some idiot might do. I mean, idiots do anything for any reason. And these are the sort of people that, that sit on the Supreme Court making, making laws for us. In other words, so if, it, if it may harm, if it may hurt someone, potentially hurt someone's feelings, uh, you could be prosecuted. Uh, I guess, if, if they feel that way. Well, it's just uh, a pretext, because it's, it's not even applied even-handedly as it's written, because th- they can go on TV and smear any kind of priest or southern or redneck hick or, or whatever. It's all one way. Whereas you, if, if what you say might be interpreted by the craziest, most violent person, you know, and, and make them one degree more so, then, you know, you can be thrown in jail. It's ridiculous. It's, it's complete Soviet, uh... <laughs> did you... Now, you, you came to Canada from... Eastern Europe. Well, hey, hey, Alex, hold on there. This is what I got a chat message. I'll follow up with that. Okay. Uh, and, and the reason why I say that is because we have a question here, uh, a question from the audience. This is a, a K Herder, I'll say. We have to keep our language uh, civil here. Yes. K, K Herder, uh, the K stands for K period. 
Uh, he uh, is asking you, Tom. Where are you? F- where are you from? What's your ancestry? Well, as far as I know, I'm a hundred <laughs> percent pure bad Paul. You're Polish, uh, okay? I thought so, you were an uh, Aborigine. Yeah, you're, you're blue eyes and uh, light I'm hair. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, well uh, I guess European Aborigine. I guess. <laughs> okay, it, yeah, I, I guess he's asking because right. he, you know, he hears a little bit of an accent. He's wondering, you know, where. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's. I probably never lose it now, but uh, I'm sort of in a precarious situation. I, I came here at an age where I really haven't learned Polish well enough because I left after finishing grade four, and not not at a young enough age to you know learn English to speak without an accent. But I guess everybody has an accent. I mean, Bush boy too has an accent. And sure, sure. Yeah. I hate his instead. Uh, I lived in uh, I lived in a city, small city near Warsaw, about 15 kilometers from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to Italy uh, for about one and a half years, and then immigrated to Canada. And that was that was 1988, and that was the, pretty much the very last trickle of European immigration. And, and so what we heard at that time is that oh, all Canada has all the immigrants it needs, uh, no more are needed. But <laughs> what they were saying is that no more Europeans are needed or wanted, and they opened the floodgates to you know, uh, you know, al- other kind of people, third world people, yeah. exactly as they did in the U.S. and Australia. And, and, and in '88, still in '88, I think Toronto was a ninety, at least eighty percent white. And and Tom, here's here's the irony I think that Alex was getting at. Your this is for so our listeners know Poland was until about 1989 was occupied more or less occupied by uh, the communists uh, under uh, the Soviet Union. It still and, is. And, yeah, and 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 yes, and uh, and. And so we all know the origins of communism, and now and now you come to to uh, to Canada, and you know are you wondering? I think we've asked this before. Are you wondering? You know what the hell happened? You you come to Canada, and you get and you get involved with a with an equally a tyrannical system, if not more so. My parents actually think it's worse. Okay. Oh, that is something. And they they've been involved in the solidarity movement uh, for some time. That's why they left. Why do they think it's worse uh, specifically? Oh, like like I said before, uh, in Poland you had censors if you wanted. Well, that was before the internet. But to to draw a comparison, if you wanted to print a book, there were censors that 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 your book had to go through, and they would edit it or, or forbid it altogether to to protect you from from any sort of uh, libel suits or any sort of suits, right? So, mm-hmm. in the matter of speaking, that that syst- that communist system. It was more merciful, merciful than I will get here. And I'm still not, like I said, I'm not out of the woods yet. If mm-hmm. they catch me again, I, like I said, I can do two years in prison. But the, the problem is, I asked them after Karen Jensen uh, uh, made the ruling against me, uh, the, the tribunal ruling against me, um, uh, back in uh, April of last year, I believe. I, I fired off an email to, to the Human Rights Commission, it was the tribunal. Well, either one of them, and asking them for a censor. Well, I, I say, well, you find me <laughs> guilty of spreading yeah. hate. Okay, let's have a censor them. I want to know what the parameters are, uh, where the line is that you cannot cross. They ignore that question. So, in essence, they they are not going to tell you well, what is illegal. Sure. They'll just put you in prison for for anything they might not like, which can sure. be anything. And, yeah. and and we don't even know if this section thirteen. Um, it might even cover private communication. 
Yeah, so it you're might. not being ruled by law. You're being ruled by people who just, uh, depending on their, their interest, they'll concoct something to go after you. This is Absolutely. so completely un-Aryan. It's not what our people devised at all. Our people worked out over time. You know, when someone's accused of a crime, the, the crime has to be written in law, first of all, and then, and then you produce the corpse, you show them where they broke it, and this is just make it up as you go along and then dig up whatever justification you want, and since the other guys can't get the word out edgewise, they don't even know about it, let alone complain about it. It's absolutely tyrannical. Can you describe describe the the human? I was a bit vague on the Human Relations Commission. Or yeah, it's it's a, a CHRC stands for Canadian Human Rights Commission, and the CHRT is the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal. The commission does sort of research, you know, looking for hate and discrimination and whatnot. They're probably listening tonight. And after they uh, they gather their evidence, you know, they they submit their documents to the tribunal and the tribunal decides whether there's enough evidence to have a hearing right mm -hmm. um, so that's how that works uh, Mr. Warman worked for the commission and, and even at the time he worked there he, he laid a number of complaints um, even though it was obvious you know, conflict of interest that, that he did so yeah um, are, so, these, so are these government paid people or is this some kind of like in the states we have state bureaucracies that aren't really paid but they have a mix of people and they can file like suits against everybody not the like ADL, the they're, ADL. They're, they're a private group that trains our, our political police they train the FBI but they're like state, uh, state equal opportunity commissions it's kind of similar they're not paid but they have you know they help. They'll have old preachers, and they'll have a black and a Mexican and a Jewish representative, and they're like the ones who went after us for classified ads that we run, in which they they claim we broke the law because there was race mentioned, and they harassed us for two years. They never got anything, but they did harass us and and uh, required a well, bunch of legal work. I'm pretty sure that the CHSC and the CHRT members are paid by the government. Um, yeah, that's what I thought uh, about them training. I mean, our government does. Uh, uh, I guess we got our B'nai breath, right? The, the, they offer free training, you know, on discrimination yeah. to anybody who wants it. Um, what, what's the name of the Jewish group that works with the CHRC? Oh, uh, there's a like I want to mention. There's a very important case right now. Mark Lemire, uh, mm -hmm. he's a good guy. He's a computer uh, network expert, um, and uh, he's challenging the constitutionality of Section 13. And this is going on right now. We have some big gun lawyers from, from uh, handling that case. Doug Christie from BC, he handled Zundel's case for over yes. 10 years. And Barbara Kulashka, she's a very good uh, this Section 13 expert. And, and they got a number of expert witnesses uh, coming over. Uh, they, mm -hmm. they have uh, about three years of, uh, of um, preparation on that case. And it's going to last about a month. They already scheduled about a month for that case. And hopefully, hopefully he'll win and then that tyrannical law, quote unquote, you know, can be thrown out as, as it should never been, uh, it should never been, you know, introduced. Hey, um, Tom. Yep. I've got a, uh, some, co uh, uh, some comments here from a, a poster, Bryceus. And she yes. is, and and if and I'll, I'll I'll throw out a few of her comments here. Is she the one? Is she the one that that said you yes. you should have kids young so so yeah, you can stay her. young with your kids? That's beautiful, absolutely right. She's um uh, yes uh, and uh, she was on last Friday's FTL, which is, is yeah I listened to that one yeah yeah just for others. 
we have uh, she has an, she's mentioning a number of cases here in Canada, and that the one you mentioned was Mark Lemire, and I'll, I'll spell the name out uh, so our listeners can find out more information. It's M A R C, and the last name is L E M I R E, according to the spelling I and have. Mark, Tom, are they, are they, is there a formal group that is representing sort of Free Canada? Yes, uh, Paul Fromm. He's uh, he's um, running the. Uh, CAFE group, C-A-F-E, that stands for Canadian Association for Free Expression. And mm-hmm. he's helping us greatly. He's collecting funds. He's uh, actually defending Melissa Gill now, with, along with Alex Kolbashin at the Human Rights Commission. Because she, she's a single mom, right? And uh, Mr. Warman lodged a complaint against her. She could absolutely not afford a lawyer. And they try to kick them off, uh, Mr. Paul Fromm and Alex Kolbashin, off from her defense team. So, so she would have been completely defenseless. Uh, I think the chair was reasonable he told them no uh, mm-hmm. that that they cannot no t- strip her of her defense um, well here are, here are some that. of the here are some of the other people that Bryceus is mentioning that are being uh, uh, persecuted by tyrants in Canada uh, in my opinion uh, Terry Tremaine yes he's a yes he's a, a mathematics professor uh, at a university um, and uh, they caught him somehow. Uh, he actually fell into uh, alcoholism uh, for for some time. I, I guess he he's c- kind of kicked it now. Um, I haven't followed it too too closely, but uh, okay. he decided to you know stand up to them and start defending himself. And we need people like that. If 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 mathematics professors at universities. Um, see, well, don't, like don't you, know, don't you they're think no idiots, right? They know something wrong is going on. So oh. if they're Go ahead, mm-hmm. Tom. I mean, you can't compare someone who is picking sugar cane with a mathematics professor. Absolutely not. I mean, that's not that's not equal. Yeah. I mean, well, we we not. need more uh, cane pickers. <laughs> we do. There's, <laughs> yeah, a, there's a lot of sugar cane, cane up, up Canada, there in Canada, man. It never gets harvested. <laughs> you know, it's funny. But Mr. Mr. Fromm was a, was a, a English professor, uh, not a professor, but, but a high school teacher for for like twenty or more years. Uh, we got good people on our side that 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 that, that see what's going on, and they're trying to fight this this communism well, that's trying to infest the whole country. You know, you actually have, uh, in a way, and maybe it's because of, of the the tyranny is even stronger up there. What what I've said we need down here, which is we do need a white nationalist group, but not really a membership group so much as a core of lawyers to form a group, and around that can be wrapped the rest of it, because Absolutely. all this stuff always starts with legal battles at this time. Uh, and God, I wish we had more of that. But uh, yeah, like Edgar Steele, uh, Doc Christie. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. And I, we, I'm encouraging these people to to think in those lines and come together. And I'll do everything I can, and so will all of VNN to support such an effort, because we have we have to work together against this kind of ridiculousness. Yeah, and, and if you if you don't know, like I myself, I'm not a law expert. They drag you into those courts. You don't know what to say. Uh, you don't know where to file, where to even file the documents. You know what format to put them, and mm-hmm. if you don't know that, they'll totally screw you. Yeah. If, if it wasn't for James Ford, uh, I probably would be, you know, still sitting there, mm-hmm. because they they would have uh, launched the, the other comp- the, the other contempt, and they probably tack on two two years because of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was Terry Tremaine, t- and I'll, I'll spell the last name if if people want to look it up. It's T R E. M A I N E. The the other case that Bryce has mentioned here is a Glenn Barr. Do you know anything about Glenn Barr? 
not not much. Uh, oh, I should thank him because he wrote to me in prison also. So thank you, Glenn. Uh, but I, I haven't followed his case closely. But it was pretty much uh, he sort was of similar. Uh, he was uh, writing all kinds of letters to politicians and stuff, and they basically threw him in jail for just that. For writing, writing letter letters to, to people. Yeah. Wow. And writing let me tell you, even, even in the at, at the very early days of VNN, we used to be uh, some Canadian kid was helping our server, and uh, he had to sell it out, I believe, before he turned 18. Can't even remember the guy's name, but this this kind of harassment has been ongoing. And people who think that these are free democratic countries, you're today hearing the truth directly from a guy who's been put in jail for speaking his mind uh, from Canada, where it's illegal. And it wasn't even like well, I didn't say anything directly threatening or make any death threats. Although they try to make me out as like a, some kind of gen- genocidal maniac. Well, again, that, again, that I, when I they're, they're def- Tom, they're defining it as anything that brings a minority exposes them to ridicule or whatever. So they don't want you citing crime stats. They don't want you talking about basic problems in society that because they're trying to tyrannically impose this vision where all the races are equal and get along, and if that's not reflected in reality, by God, you better not talk about that. And and that's tyranny. Uh, yeah, I'd like to say, among other things, like any Canadian listening right now, um, so much things to say, but any Canadian listening right now, uh, if you disagree with me, uh, just go to uh, any, any police website and check out their, their most wanted list. So, for example, police. London.on.ca. I believe Police.london.com.ca. Yeah, just, a, just, a, just a second here. Uh-huh. Remember what they said when they put Ernst Zundel on trial. The government said the truth is no defense. Oh, that important point about that. Uh, what the uh, Supreme Court ruled that in Taylor, they basically ruled that truth is no defense um, in the Human Rights Commission cases. It still is defense in Section 319 of the Criminal Code where, ca- where they can lay hate crimes charges against you. For example, if you advocate uh, genocide against any particular group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, you're prob- probably going to be found guilty, but if they try to lay h- sort of hate crime charges against you under that section, under Criminal Section 319, in that case, truth is your defense. If you can prove that it is true what you said and you believe mm-hmm. it and it's for the public good, that is your defense. So any Canadian out there that is charged under Section 319, the criminal one, never plead guilty, because you, you, truth is your defense. Uh, is your defense in that case? Oh, and it, it's still ridiculous that you have to. <laughs> you should be able to say what you want because you want to say it, not because you have to prove that it's true and blah 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 blah. I mean, they're they're free to carry on their genocide through their immigration policy and through the crime. That, that the immigrants bring, but if you talk about it, all of a sudden you have to defend yourself in court? That's not an Aryan way of operating. Okay, that was Glenn Barr. I'll spell the last name if you want to find out more about Glenn, B-A-H-R. And then I don't know if you've heard of a... Um, uh, this is another individual that's being pro- uh, persecuted in Canada by, by tyrants. And his name is Brad Love. Do you know Brad Love? Oh, he, he's absolutely hilarious kind of guy. Uh, he wrote. He's the guy who wrote Thousands of letters to to uh, local and and I'd have been and him for bar. On he might have he might have local and, and you know uh, um, federal and and provincial officials 
uh, citing basically uh, crime uh, he 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 read in the papers, you know, etc. He would snip out articles, underline, uh, you know, or highlight a few lines, and then fire it off to to some police chief, right? Um, yeah. And he would put smart alley comments, well, truthful comments, like say, "What is a hate crime?" and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and and they got in, got him into prison for 18 months, uh, just for that. And it was perfectly lawful uh, to do so. He he didn't threaten anybody. He he was might might have been salty in his language and the letters, but it was perfectly within the law. Basically, th- those officials don't want you to spread the truth that 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 you know. Well, get, let's talk an example. I don't know, and I don't even know what is against the law here. But like Toronto, they bring in isn't Toronto crime problem in large measure of uh, Haitian gangs? And I know Toronto uh, without without putting mo- put, without you know saying anything. Anything hateful. gets you thrown in prison here. <laughs> no, don't don't comment yeah. that. Um, but but I, <laughs> my understanding was that Toronto is safer than most major cities. But to the extent it has a crime problem, it's these. Uh, uh, Dominican gangsters or Haitian gangsters. Yeah, anybody, anybody who doesn't believe me about the, you know the, the crime problem in Toronto and, and who's causing it, I'm not going to say who because you know they put me in jail again. But well, just you, for yeah. two months, two months, do an experiment for two months. Assume you know nothing about crime and and which race is more likely to cause which kind of crime. Just visit citynews.ca for about two months and check their safety section, quote unquote. Uh, for about two months, and and just check. Uh, usually, they, they they put a description of the criminal. So so for two months, just just tabulate which crimes are committed by which people, and, and then draw your conclusions from from evidence. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound very correct. Aren't you supposed well, to? Well, city news is city news is a pretty more evidence. site. Oh yeah, I know, I know. You know, you've reached a bad place in society where you can't dis- when you can't discuss problems, you can't solve them, and when you can't talk about them because it's hate or some other evil abstraction, I mean, we're pretty far gone here, and and that's why VNN exists to fight back against this garbage, and we do need to come together and, and formally associate. I mean, that's how the people running society are doing it. It's, it's all done through these murky human rights tribunals and Jewish board, British board of Jewish deputies or. I probably transpose a word, but you get the idea. These quasi-governmental and officially Jewish organizations oppressing the rest of us, and it's got to end, and we have to be the ones to end it. And that's why that's why I want to mention Mark Lemire again, because he's fighting a fight of his life right now with the trying to sh- bring down the, that Section 13. Uh, go visit uh, Canadian CanadianFreeSpeech.com. That's his site. Uh, you can you can uh, make a donation. Uh, he's a he's a guy uh, with uh, two young kids and and then a school age kid, uh, so they're gonna pull him out of work for about a month. All the lawyer fees it takes it costs about twenty thousand dollars just to get Doug Christie you know fly over here. And Doug mm-hmm. Christie is I think he's pretty pretty lenient with costs for us, uh, but still like all the copies the copies he has to make twelve copies of everything now, twelve copies. Wow. And L- Lemire is is Lemire a lawyer? No, no. Like I said, he's a he's a network expert. Uh, he hosts okay. uh, websites. Um, so Doug so Christie is the main lawyer in Canada. We know about him from defending Zundel years ago, and he's still active in in defending uh, Canadians yes. who speak freely. 
I would like to uh, follow up on a comment Tom made about some of the people that are being persecuted here. Uh, mentioned uh, Barr and uh, Tremaine and, and other people. I, I would guess that these are some of the very best of our race. And, and these are people who are standing up and fighting back. And uh, and they they and I would also include um, I would also include uh, uh, Tom in in that too. Uh, these are these are really really tough fighters, and uh, and it goes a long way. And I'm, I'm getting a lot of comments tonight, general comments tonight about this, uh, Tom. A lot of people uh, noticed uh, going back in in your case. I certainly felt this way that you stood up like a man, and you. Um, and you didn't uh, howl for uh, uh, for for forgiveness, and you didn't crawl on your belly. Uh, you fought back, and and you you kept your uh, shoulders square and your chest out. Yeah, and money, and absolutely, money does buy justice. Huh? Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> like it, we it know that here. Me, it cost me over twenty thousand uh, dollars my wow. latest appeal case, which which I sort of won, but sort of didn't, you know. Yeah. Um, and at the very least. What do you think the upshot of all this is going to be? I mean, you kind of said it, but you're still saying they can still maybe try to get you on a technicality. I know that they claimed that, what, what was it, Melissa Gill or Gill? Gill. You, you showed up at some hearing to support her, and Warman was there, so so he tried to claim that you were breaking probation by yes. appearing within 100 yards. Yeah, basically, basically what they did, the, the, they, they raped the language. And my, my, my lawyer, James Ford, he actually offered to take that case to the Supreme Court. And I think I'll do it. Uh, basically, what they said is that uh, contact. If okay, if I had a restraining order against Mr. Warman not to appear within 100 feet of him, obviously that would have been in my order. You know, to you know, come within so and so many feet or meters of Mr. Warman or any of the Canadian Human Rights Commission staff. Uh, but that wasn't there. So basically, what they did, they equated contact with with proximity. Yeah, uh, but there are so. several. Ca- there is more case. There is more case laws uh, against that. Uh, I mean, uh, there's more case laws. They use some really obscure case law where it was sort of equated uh, as to be the same. But there's actually more case laws uh, to to make them different. That that you know, contact is something you know direct, like like talking to to, to mm-hmm. or, or or sending a letter, something like that. But not not being in proximity. Obviously, like it's obvious. If I had a restraining order, I would have. Than giving uh, given a, a specific uh, point in it where I'm not to appear within so many feet of that man, right? Uh-huh. But I wasn't. Yeah. So so it is. A, it, go ahead. What was the deal with the Melissa with the case itself? Leaving that point aside for a second. Oh, well, Melissa. Yeah, she did. Another another victim that com- we should know about. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Melissa was active in the movement for quite a bit longer than I was. Uh, and what, what they allege she did basically is pretty much the, the same as I that, that she discriminated against, you know, protected minorities, uh, stuff like that. Um, and uh, she ran a, a web forum. Um, was it Canadian Heritage Alliance? Something yes, like that that she Canadian was Heritage Alliance. And how do you pronounce um, her last name? Gill. It's, it's French. I-L-L-E, pronounced Gill. Yeah, sort of it's, it's French. It's French descent, but but she pronounces sure. it like you know as as if English. You said yeah. it in English, right? Uh, so Melissa Gill, Canadian Heritage Alliance, being persecuted and prosecuted for essentially trying to defend white Canadians, and she's not even she's 
compared to me, she's like one-tenth as extreme, quote-unquote, as I was. And they'll even get you for that. She's more of a white pride uh, advocate than, than uh-huh. a hater. And they don't even want that. They don't want, you, they don't want white Europeans to try to even discuss their, their collective interests. Well, and, even and white pride is hate itself. They try, yes, absolutely. They're trying to equate it to that. Tom, yeah. I have a couple comments that have come in. Uh, let me say both of them first. Um, this is from Jimbo, who, who, who was scheduled tonight, but we're, we, we made room. We, we, we all want to hear from Tom. And he, he, he said that, uh, glad you're on tonight. Tell Mr. Winicki from me that he deserves to be mentioned in dispatches. Uh, I'm not sure what, what dispatches are for having put his money where his mouth is. And then I have, uh, in other words, that, you know, you stood up and told the truth. And the other, the other comment I have is from Kay Herder again. He says, what does Tom need to win his case? Money? A better lawyer? What can VNNers do? Where can we donate to his case? So, uh, is there some way, uh, um, I know this was mentioned earlier, uh, when you first were getting into trouble with these commissions, uh, that uh, as a, there was a way to donate, and, and I hope many VNNers did. How can people donate to your legal fund, or do you still have one? I would say right now. Yes. Of all the guys who who had these Hickright Tribunal cases launched against them, I'm the best off. Okay. They need more money than I do. Okay. I have a lot of help from my parents and my local uh, support group, and those guys are worse off than I am. So if if you want to donate, more important right now than me, because I I won my appeal, I'm out of prison, so I'm sort of out of the woods now, sort of. If you want to donate, donate to Mark Lemire's case. He's challenging that that Section 13, and, and... he has to win it. I said what I said to myself. If he doesn't win that case, uh, I'm going to leave this country because it doesn't deserve me. <laughs> and now, how, like ca- how can people? F- uh, f- uh, do we go to? Um, let me do we see. have a thread? Do we have a thread on that up? Well, right now? I, I don't know. I can't answer that question. But you can well. go to. If you want to make a donation, you can go to CanadianFreeSpeech.com. CanadianFreeSpeech.com. Okay. Right, and, and I believe he has links there. Um, Support us, right? Okay, I'm getting a I'm getting a link here from Bryceus. I see. Maybe Canadian we can get him on there one of these days. Canadian, uh, CanadianFreeSpeech.com/slash/updates/slash/brad.love, and so uh, that's Canadian. Uh, I'll, I'll, here, I'll, I'll take the time out and dump this in the thread. CanadianFreeSpeech.com/slash/updates/slash/brad-love/slash/index.html. So that's where you go, uh, and that's and and you can also, uh, I guess uh, that's for that's for Brad Love, but Terry Tremaine and Barr and Lemire ought to be in there too at Canadian Free Speech, too. Okay, sorry about that. Let's emphasize again that we still have we. I'm not saying still we have the First Amendment in the U.S. and are going to continue to have it, and anybody who's being tyrannized around the world for speaking the truth, you come to VNN and we will post your material and help you. Hey, Alex, what do you, anywhere in the world. Alex, what do you think will happen if, if they uh, amalgamated, I guess that's the word, Canada, Mexico, and the United States? Would we get, the, the, uh, would we get your First Amendment or would you get our Section 13? Oh, I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> I think I do. 
And and the fact is that uh, when when the First Amendment goes down, Jews are going <coughs> to find out that there's other ways to fight back than talk. And if they make talk completely illegal, well, <laughs> I don't have to say what, what that means. We are not going to live where the Jews determine what we say and the conditions under which we live in. And it's it's that simple. Um, and... Uh, Okay, now I really wanted, didn't want to get too much into my case, but I sort of decided to switch gears from, you know, citing crime stats in, you know, crime stories. And, yeah, you switch want to talk about into the positive, the positive aspect okay. of white identity and white si solutions. Yes, absolutely. And that, that's, that's, it's, it's second, second, um, Sort of secondary to discuss all those, you know, uh, causes of of our problems, but we actually have to start actually working together, uh, mm -hmm. preferably uh, forming local groups uh, of racially aware whites that that realize what's going on and start supporting ourselves. And, and I, like I, I fired an email to to you. Uh, yeah, I, I citing all those points. And, and so the first one is what I want to do is every every white nationalist. As much as as much as we can, we have to start supporting our local economy. So, uh, if you're planning to buy a car, I mean, as as good as the Japanese cars are, uh, as as much better they are than ours. Like I th I hear Mazda now has the um, highest reliability uh, of all the cars, Mazda. Um, yeah. But as much as we we hate the American cars, uh, we gotta buy American, or at least at least uh, buy a German one. Um, because you know where the where's the money going, right? You buy a Japanese car, obviously most of it is going to Japan, right? I mean, and and your local economy loses, and that's that's true for everything. Like, and and for cars, it's nice because we still have that choice, right? But if I go to a Canadian Tire store, and pretty much anything, you look at the made in label, and it's made in Asia somewhere. Yeah, that's true here. Probably true for you too, like like all the Walmart Walmart products and 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 others, right? It, you hardly hardly find some piece of piece of clothing that that's made in Canada, well, you know, or well, America, I, right? I I think you're right. I, the way I try to do it is a buy very little and b buy secondhand whatever I need, either from garage sales or Salvation Army or Goodwill or something. Yes. You can get all kinds of stuff cheap, and especially for cars, what you do is get a couple thousand dollars and go to some used car vendor who, you know, you think the guy's a good guy, buy it from him and help your local white guy selling them and uh, don't buy new stuff. Anything you buy new in retail is usually going to be from some Jewish uh, retailer and that's what you want to avoid. And it's really pretty easy. And of course, if you, if you know overtly pro-white uh, retailers or, or uh, traders, then yeah, deal with them and try to develop your own networks. And... Uh, I don't think Kievsky's around today. I know you wanted to talk to him about white farming, but he's very much into that local networking as well as the the white farming. See, yeah. now, uh, uh, Tomas, Tom, you're you're doing something. You're you're making knives, right? No, no, I'm not. Not knives. Uh, I operate a like I said CNC uh, writing machine, and most of our stuff is uh, cut out of wood. Um, so I started sort of selling uh, little cutting boards that I make okay. out of scrap. 
Um, I sold a few. I actually gave away few more uh, for free to friends, and and they do find them useful. So I, I want to start selling and maybe get into some some chain like a, like a real you know like a franchise like mm-hmm. I don't know whatever Walmart even anything anybody that would take it and start actually mass producing them because for right now I'm just sort of developing different kinds different kinds of styles and sizes and I've already got a, like a few nice ones. I actually had f- like five made for my boss, right? <laughs> and, and 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 he, like his family liked them so much that, that they took them all away. And I said, and he goes, uh, why don't you make one for me? And I said, well, I made five for you. And oh, they all gone. <laughs> make more. So 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 they they do like them, right? Uh, and s- what, what other point was no? Uh, I mentioned knives, right? Knives because I, I want to mention um, uh, as far as supporting our own. Markets go if we do buy buy things that are made locally or at least uh, by a white guy either either European or, or America or Canada, and I mentioned the knives, the Cutco knives, because yes. they're made in the U.S. and they're really excellent product. And what I was thinking, we should have uh, some kind of mega list of of uh, locally or at least uh, you know products made in North America that people can support, which are good quality and uh, maybe. Not so cheap, like like some piece of crap you get from China, right? That will break in five minutes. But uh, start buying our own products, and and people m- might, you know, maybe they don't buy them. Maybe maybe they just buy Chinese or or, or anything because they don't know this other stuff exists. But but it does. Uh, Buck knives too is an American company. Matter of fact, they had to B U C K knives. They had to move out of California. Uh, and they, and as I recall, they moved their entire factory out of California, for obvious reasons, and moved to, uh, if I remember right, Montana or Idaho. Yeah, and I, I, I was going to guess China, but why, why there? Yeah, yeah. No, th- no. Th- this is a, a good company. They didn't, they didn't sell out uh, that I'm aware of. Uh, they moved their facilities kept within the United States. And if they, if they moved to Canada, that's fine too. I don't. That doesn't bother me because. You know, it's, it, or Europe, that doesn't necessarily bother me either. Uh, but uh, when they move somewhere else, uh, that that is quite a problem. And absolutely, we have to start supporting the like our own business and these companies like GM. If anybody from GM is listening, you better pay attention. If you got a, say a few thousand people in a city that are of white nationalist viewpoint, that would you know prefer to buy your your crummy car, even though it's it's more expensive and and uh, and <laughs> well, more likely I, to break down. Uh, you I should take tell a note you, of that. I, I would agree, but I think it's already too late. I mean, I think they're they're on the way to bankruptcy. Ford just—we <laughs> have a big threat in the forum. They're, you know, they're—it's over, essentially. And China's going to be coming out with cars. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. That's what I hear. This in about five years, they're going to produce a yeah. Well, GM, uh, this I family mean, sedan that's about what ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars. I'm sure it will be cheaper and no worse than the stuff GM's making. If but I they use they use slave labor, uh, well, essentially slave sure. labor. But this is and the we thing. just can't compete the, with that. We of course not. That's because and we forced to. We forced we to by the government any longer. We're we're these guys, and I've said this a million times. When I was in school studying international relations, the idea of discussing America and American interest is completely off the board. The whole idea is you're going to a world system in which nation states are outmoded, and you know the quote from Wesley Conn Clark to that extent when they were attacking Serbia: "White nations can't be allowed to exist. The nation state is outmoded." That's how they're thinking. 
and and so they're, they're not operating America in the interest of the of the people, but in the interest of their new global system. And they're going to push down wage rates until they're equalized globally. And w- bad as it is in the U.S., we're still in a situation where five billion people could come here and improve their lifestyle in the U.S. than than where they're living now, and that's frightening. Ask yourself if you want in 15 years from now you want to be living in a house with 15 other people. <laughs> like many Mexicans are today in the U.S. Yeah, and and paving over their front yard so they have enough room to park their their cars and hot bedding it as they call it. You know, yeah. sleeping in between shifts on the other guy's bed and then pff, ridiculous. Tom, We're being pushed down to the third world level, and we need to retake control of our countries. And economically, that means what Tom is saying: we have to buy and sell with and from and to each other. And, and develop our local networks. And that has a political angle as well, obviously. It all fits together. Yeah, that's why I wanted Kievsky on, because uh, someone well, said, I uh, sort of adopted that view that farmers are, are the backbone of civilization. I mean, civilization didn't happen until until we settled down and started farming. Y- like you Europeans know, were, were nomadic tribes at one point or another, too. And that's true. We, we just had, and see, they're trying, they just had a local thing here that I think plays into that. The governor, Matt Blunt, came through town and some of the local farmers were protesting. They're trying to take, I guess, the right of, I wasn't quite sure how to read it, but they're trying to, they're trying to, decisions that can now be made locally, Matt Blunt, a Republican, wants to put at the state level. So it's an idea of concentrating it. And I think what I suspect is he's got the, the, the giant agro concerns are probably kicking money to his campaign and, and they're trying to make it easier for these giant commercial farms. The Jews who run our political system have always hated independent landed gentry and agricultural uh, strength because, yeah, that that's, represents a competing power center. So if they're against local small farming, then that means it's good for us. We want stable, healthy farmers who, who are making and saving money and have an idea of biological reality that a lot of people in the city lose. And and so, absolutely, yeah. And uh, Kamsky can't be available all the time. I don't know that he's around today, but he was invited we'll to come something. on, Tom. We'll we'll get the two of you together and discussing it. No, it's just something I uh, I want to get into farm. Like I don't know anything about farming. I maybe I planted a few plants mm-hmm. in my life, but you know, just start something. So so at least you know, you know what to do with the farm. Like I don't know what to do with it. If I if you gave me a farm. Uh, I would know nothing, absolutely nothing, what to wow, do. But I, just like if, if I gave a farm, you got to start small. You know, yeah. start with a little garden and, and then learn. It's pretty amazing. I've I've been gardening the last few years. Uh, it's it's tremendous. I love it. I love it's so funny. I mean, you, you just know you're you're not a Jew. Jews hate dirt. They hate like <laughs> I, I love dirt. I love digging in the dirt, and it's just fascinating to see how life is completely water based. If there's any kind of if you have water and you have any kind of moderate temperature at all, so stuff will just take off. And it gives you, it's just, it's good. And, and it's very experimental. You see how all the founders of the U.S. were basically gentlemen farmers, and they were fascinated by farmers. And they would record the weather and how much, you know, rain there was and what kind of crops they grew. And it just, it lets you, uh, it's an intellectual matter, too. It's, it's just fascinating to see because it's not, it's not as predictable as you would think until you do it. I have, I have a couple comments that have come in, and if you want to send your comment to Tom, uh, it's VNN Free Talk Live, VNN Free Talk Live, all one word, and you Skype. Uh, this is also from, from Bryceus, and uh, she tells me, uh, this is a comment, you can tell Tomas he is only doing what men have done through all time. 
defending his land and people. It's normal and healthy and right. And I've had other comments about about that also, Tom, about about you and 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 the many people who you know what's sad is that most you. people most people and that's a sad, sad really sad thing is most people and I don't care you you're European or you know you're you're a seventh generation American Canadian or uh, doesn't matter most people and that goes for like not only whites but people are basically cowards uh, they they will follow the herd. Uh, hardly ever anybody you know stands out to to do especially what's right, especially if the government is wrong. Uh, hardly yeah. anybody will stand up, and that's it. I thought I thought maybe I have I don't know a hundred of these Canadian supporters. I don't even have a hundred. Mm. Uh huh. So so people just just don't care. Uh, um, they they prefer you know for Canadians so they prefer you know put their. Uh, Six back in the fridge, you know, cool it down for a, a puck game, you know. And watch yeah. basketball. You have to, you have to force it. You have to force it on them. Uh, the, the guys at work, right? Mo- most of them, I think, all of them are pretty much sympathetic with me because they know they know the truth, right? They, you know, they they may hear something in the media, but then they come talk to me and I explain it to them, right? And most of them are on my side, and and that's that's a good thing for me because I, <laughs> I wasn't fired from my job, and that's 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 what the commission would love. They would absolutely love. If I was fired from my job and ended in a, in a gutter somewhere, have they been putting pressure on your employer and talk to them? Uh, I don't think they should. And uh, let me just say he's Italian, so so mm-hmm. that's all I'll say. Likely uh, to tell him and he likes me, <laughs> and he likes me. So so uh, screw yeah, off I'm a good worker, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, about working. Um, I'm gonna jump it all into different sort of tangents here, so you have to just excuse sure, me yeah. about working. I had the. Uh, I don't know if I call it pleasure or displeasure, but uh, we just needed more guys to do a CNC machining. Um, and we had a few uh, guys come in for an interview. What, what is a CNC machine? I don't understand. Oh, a CNC stands for Computer Numerical Control. And it's a CNC router. So basically okay. what it is, is you design your part uh, on a computer using CAD software. So let's say... Oh, so that's computer-aided drafting or computer-aided design. Uh, yeah, so CNC stands for Computer Numerical Control, uh, and you use a CAD software, computer design software, to do your geometry uh, and your toolpaths. Okay. And then, the, then the you, tr- you you post your program, which basically translates it into a language that the machine can understand. So it's like X Y uh, X Y Z coordinates and the tool changes and all that. And mm. then you take it over to the machine, you load it with w- with your stock, and it cuts it out for you. So uh, this is fairly high level technical stuff that you're doing. Uh, yeah, the, the machine we got is about two million bucks. Uh, it's one of the newest ones, and it has a five-axis head, uh, which probably I don't know if you know what that means, but basically means you can uh, cut statues with it. Let's say you make a three-dimensional model of whatever, yeah. and put the routing bits in it, and it will curve, curve out uh, whatever. Like you can carve out a statue if you want. Okay. Yeah. So, so you can if you look up uh, look up um, BSN. B-I-S-S-E. Uh, that's the uh, company just in Italy. Just for the average CNC reader, though, you're you're doing fairly high-level technical software. You're working with it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's processes. I wouldn't say it's the actual software itself is pretty much done for you. You have to you have to though like be knowledgeable in, in programming yeah. in case mm-hmm. the machine uh, writes a wrong kind of code that can crash your machine. You have to sort of know <laughs> yeah the Z code is a little too low and you have to fix it by hand. But sure. yeah yeah it's it's 
uh, what I wanted to mention is those guys that came in for an interview, and I and I asked them a really simple um, a mathematical problem, uh, just just to solve a, a, a simple right angle triangle, hmm. and those guys, uh, only the young one, the first one that came in, that 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 finished uh, high school, the the the, the no uh, the latest, only he actually sort of sol solved it reasonably well. The other guys, they, they simply didn't know what the hell to do with it. And it was a pretty damn basic problem that you should be able to do after grade 12 or and even after grade 11. They uh, have degrees that suggest they should be able to solve it. Yeah, yeah, they, they you know, put stuff on their resume and, and you ask them a simple question. Like, I'm not going to give a $2 million machine to, to a guy who, who can't solve an angle on a triangle. I mean... Jeez, uh, yeah. you need to know that stuff. And so my point is that that schooling isn't that discrimination, Tom? <laughs> oh yeah, it's this. Oh, oh, the funny part is that you still can discriminate based on intelligence. And you I told my boss, "Discriminate against retards." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, they refuse to hire retards. They're a protected yeah. class. I think they might try to add them to the you know homosexuals and then transgenders uh, in the section thirteen. <laughs> Who are you to say blind yeah. people shouldn't be flying planes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> you hater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a hater. It really is outlawing thinking is, is ultimately what they're trying to do. So you can't think yeah, and apply the results of your thoughts to your life. And it just <laughs> so the, the basic yeah. rationality of, of human beings. It's obscene. So, se yeah, Section 13 isn't only you know, screwing whites over, it's screwing everybody over because it's, it's bringing the standards down. So now you have people who finish high schools and and, and want to start a job and they don't know stuff that they, they should never forget. Like you should never, obviously, you should never forget your your uh, your uh, you know how to add and multiply. I mean, th this is just something everybody needs. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So so our th so the point I was trying to make is that in addition to you know supporting our local uh, markets, we also have to actually build our own schools. And there are teachers out there who discussed it with, with today's systems. Now, I'm sure that the teachers in the United States, that, that they see this new fuzzy new math or whatever the hell they call it, and they're just, uh, you know, abhorred by, 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 by the sort of techniques they're trying to teach them. Right? Like mathematics is, is, a, is, a, is a hard science and there's, there's nothing, there's no um, gray in there. It's, 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 it's a black and white. There's, there's no philosophy in it, and you they're trying to, to sort of make fuzzy math that, that 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 well, basically students don't know how to solve problems. I mean, well, let, let me follow follow up with what you're saying here, uh, Tom, and that's uh, you'd like to see uh, you'd like to see private schools basically for whites only. Is that what absolutely? And I think and I think we sh we might be able to do it still because if they're private, I'm 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 gonna have to check out on the actual law, but if they're private. That's something definitely we should start doing. There are teachers out there who would be willing to 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 teach, and if they know they're gonna get just just white kids in their school, I mean, uh, and white parents would would definitely want to to send their kid to you know good private uh, school where he's you know more likely to get a good education than not be shot or beat up or raped, like that happens in, in many American schools. Not so much in, in, in Canada yet, uh, but uh, from what I hear in the States, that the, the students are having sex in, in the back of the class. Is that, is that true? That's, I think they heard that. Well, about, like yeah, Goyfire. what we have going on in the United States and has been mentioned in Goyfire, uh, I know we have, if you take a state like New Jersey, 
you have uh, the administrators there, uh, the high-level administrators, keeping two sets of books in terms of uh, students' performance so that uh, uh, there's the actual grades they actually earn by the teachers uh, who are themselves corrupted to some degree. And so they're handing out, like, uh, maybe in some cases Fs or failing grades. And then, and then the administrators, uh, the upper-level administrators, who may be overseeing several schools, are keeping another set of books for grades and passing all of these people. So they're belling they're all the idiots to, to the pass level. And yeah, and, and this is a, a problem uh, New Jersey has had uh, for some time now. And, and they discover these things, and, and they have a reform process. But, well, we can't go into too many details, but there's some things you can't reform uh, because they're just made that way by nature. And uh, and and well, you bring in people who are not educable, and then you know something has to give. And what gives is they just pass them on anyway, and and give them high grades and pretend it's just one giant game of make believe under a Soviet system, whether the U.S. or Russia. You know the classic totalitarianism. Now, who was that? Who was that former KGB spy? He he gave a talk on the infiltration of uh, American U- uh, universities. And Yuri um, Yuri Bezmov. And, and and where do we have that archived? Well, I I have that as part of uh, special special VNN broadcasts, but that's on um, that's his uh, reports. Some of them are on, are on um, on YouTube, and Hadding has put them on YouTube. Uh, he uh, uh, Max Hadden. Yeah, Max Hadding, and I forgot his no, ID. No, Max Hadden, H-A-D-D-E-N, and, and so you can look under Max Hadden on, at GoVNN.com, Vanguard News Network, yeah. and also under Video and Videos. They're, they're archived as part of the collection of videos he's put together. And he talks uh, about, about uh, uh, what the Soviets called active measures, and these were uh, KGB techniques to demoralize a public, and these were techniques that were specifically designed to demoralize the public. Uh, these were efforts that, supposed to, that went on for, for years. They weren't just uh, something, you know, where they uh, put put one thing in a newspaper. No, these were long-term efforts uh, by communists uh, to subvert American culture. And some of the things I won't talk about uh, tonight on this broadcast with Tom, uh, some of the techniques they used and, and uh, so forth, but... Um, uh, uh, yes, uh, this was called. They called it active measures. I guess. I guess. Problem with me, sort of, that I realized is I, I want to do too much too fast, and, and I realized that that those communists they've been subverting our systems for decades, and, and yes. I sort of want to fix it in in a few years, which is not going to happen. We have to start somewhere, definitely, and it's probably going to take us another 20 years to, to educate uh, our next generation, and that's why I want to concentrate on teenagers. If there's any teenagers out there, states, or like for me, especially Canada, let's get in touch. You guys, you guys have to tell us what they teach you in school, because based on, based on what I was taught, they were trying to push that multi-cult crap on me back then, and, and and even back then, I was resisting it. I remember in religion class, they would always show us those religion classes. I went to Catholic uh, high school, Regina Mundy College, uh, which was supposed to be at one point a, a seminary, but, but they just didn't have enough people, so they turned it into a high school. It was a very nice high school out of town. that they, they, You had to wear uniforms. Um, and uh, you had a few fights, but pretty much peaceful, mostly white students. And they've been trying to push us the garbage on us in religion class. They're show, showing us movies, uh, 
and at least like five or so about uh, how violent Arabs are. Uh, and and I, I went, and obviously it was like movies um, about violent Arabs and, and, and very noble certain tribe uh, people. And, and I would ask my teacher, well, why do you uh, show all these people only in negative light and these people only in positive light? So even back then, I, I was a teenager, I was trying to question and, and even resist that stuff uh, that they're trying to push on me. But now you look at... <laughs> you look at kids now. I mean, you just got to wonder what they teach them. And I don't have contact with students, right? So I don't know. If they don't tell you, you just don't know. And you can't, you can't deprogram them if if it's if the, what they're teaching them is totally absurd, because you don't know. Uh, and you how know, many? I, I would like to comment here. Uh, we have had a number of of uh, I would consider, from my perspective, young people. Uh, call this show and become involved in, in VNN in one capacity or another. And I'm talking in, in some cases as young as uh, as 16. Uh, and then, um, and of course, we have other people in their 20s. Now, you know, this is a, this is modest. I mean, this is a, a, a modest success on our part. But oh, yes. uh, uh, it, it is encouraging. It, it you know, some old fart like me. Uh, you know, come along and, you know, helping the cause. Well, that's one thing, but Tom's right. When you get people in their teenage years, um, when you educate them and, and show them what's happening and give them the tools they need to understand what's happening so they don't go into some weird subculture uh, like goth or, uh, you know, drugs or something like that to, you know, uh, to explain what's happening to them. Yeah, we, yes, we, and then if, if you if sorry, if you if you're a white student, just just... Crack open your, or it's a university student, uh, or even like high school students, you take calculus. Just, just crack open your book, uh, and, and look at all those equations. Uh, like, uh, for example, in high school, you have been taught, um, oh, let's say the binomial theorem, or, uh, or you might know the Pascal's triangle, or most of those equations, uh, they came from whites. You hear all the time that, oh yeah, these Asians, they're, they're higher IQ. I think that's bullshit. Uh, most of inventions in the world, they were made by whites. So you look at anything like the programmable computer. The first programmable computer was invented by a, an Englishman, Charles Babbage. And he didn't quite build it because he didn't have the, the right kind of tools to make s- s- precision, uh, precision gears. So, but the design was sound. And actually, just, just a few years ago, I think they finished it and it actually worked. But it was a programmable computer that had instruction set, registers, and punch taped, uh, punch taped that that helped programs and, and gave you output. He did it in the 19th century. One can also think All this of uh, Nikola, Nikola Tesla. And absolutely. Uh, those, those names, Charles Babbage, who invented the com- first programmable computer. Faraday. Nikola, Nikola Tesla, who, who pretty much, our civilization is based on his, his invention of alternating current. I mean, uh, this is one of the greatest inventions in, in the world, ever. And, and and you you ask a Joe on the street about Nikola Tesla and they give you a blank stare. But this these should be household names and all these greatest inventors that they were all white, and and white students need to realize that 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 when they bullshit them that you know we're all equal or somehow Asians are are better than us that they're not. I mean you got Evans there that right there that, that we are the best, and then we got nothing to be ashamed of. If if anything, uh, whites as a race, right? 
Now you, brought a, you brought up a very good point about teenagers and, and that teenagers are, are prone to rebellion. And the fact is is that they should be rebelling uh, against the offenses that are being committed against them. And that is, you know, the harmful effects of multiculturalism and, and, these, and these policies like by the Canadian government against its own, um, against the people who, who, who created and, and found Canada and and, uh, and you see now the, the Canadian government turned against the true heritage of Canada, and, the, and of course in this country, the United States. And this is what these young people should be rebelling against. Yeah, like I, I love that saying, Alex. You said once, uh, want to rebel white teen, become a white nationalist. And yeah. I keep repeating this every now and then, yeah. but it's so simple uh, and so beautiful. You're listening to Vanguard Radio.